Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel Stevens, and I'm here with my husband, Zach Stevens, and our dear friend, Steve Kerr. We can't wait to talk with you today about our amazing topic. Yes, yes. And I would go back. Dear friend, dear, is it's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> I consider yeah. him a dear friend. Thank you, Rachel. What's your, what is your threshold for dear friend? He gives our, uh, he really gives our kids a lot of gifts. Oh, there you go, buying love. What, what, <laughs> what's the last gift he gave you? Oh, that is. Yeah, so let's just knock him down. I love presents. Let's just knock him down to friend. You could be friend. Okay. But he loves our family. We like mostly like Rachel. Rachel. Didn't I not give you a coaster of your husband as a gift? Now, that's not a gift. Okay, so let me introduce Steve, <laughs> Pastor Steve. Hello. Uh, Pastor Steve is our global student pastor at Bay Promise and a resident prankster here. Hi. And so uh, I, in my younger years, did uh, some bodybuilding competitions. You looked good, And uh, I did, you're welcome. Uh, Steve has some jealousy issues, some other sins, but we won't have those <laughs> in this. But what happened was Steve thought it'd be funny to take one of the pictures of me from that bodybuilding contest and put it on a coaster. And so he made, how many coasters did you have made? They were like 40 or 50. Or no, there was way more than that because they, they were, were everywhere. Well, yeah. They were everywhere. But let me tell you one thing that happened is our counselor came in because going through just a seasonal life, our counselor came in, met with our family, did an all-staff meeting for all of the staff at Faith Promise. I'm walking him out to his car. He's about to go to uh, get on his airplane, whatever. And he uh, he opens up, you know, like iPads have the, the little case or cover or whatever. He rolls it back to take one more note about our family mm. and finds one of those coasters in there mm. on top of his iPad with a note from Steve thanking him for his time. So Steve, Good. you know, dear friend, actually we're knocking him down. He's an acquaintance at best. Hopefully you can make it up in our podcast today. We're going to talk about connecting with family. This season is sometimes a little rocky because we are spending a little more time with people that maybe we don't always spend intentional time with or we have differing values, but we want to come together because family matters. And uh, we asked, we were talking about, you know, this concept and really somebody that we have watched live this out in their life. And that would be Pastor Steve. And so we just love for you to just share with us a little bit about your story, a little bit about your family. And um, we just like that way people know a little bit more about you. Perfect. Thanks for asking. So um, short version, we'll give the short version. Grew up in a home, Southwest Detroit. Uh, my my father and mother, of course, you know, multi-generational dysfunction. Father was an alcoholic, served uh, in Vietnam, Marine Corps, um, got out, you know, uh, dealing with all types of addiction. He found community in a motorcycle club, an outlaw motorcycle club. And so growing up as a little person, that was my normal. Super dysfunctional, a lot of trauma, uh, what have you. Um, speed up a little bit. Uh, when I got married when I met my bride, the one thing I was convicted of, the one thing I knew was that I did not want to be that kind of man. Um, I did not want to be that kind of husband, and I definitely did not want to be that kind of dad or father. And so the way life had worked out, we we ended up adopting two children, two boys, Israel and Nathaniel. Uh, God has blessed us with them. They really are gifts. And um, it has been a journey, Rachel. They're six and eight now. They are so unique and amazing and um, adoption's tough, you know, uh, but 
it's worth it. And everything that I have learned in my life, um, going through trauma, but really being healed through Jesus, the gospel, all of that has helped me be the husband and the father that Israel and Nathaniel needed. So I love it. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great thing. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about families. Obviously we're into December, a lot of holidays, more time around family, but something I wanted to leverage with Steve while he's here is Steve is the expert at Faith Promise around middle schoolers and high schoolers. And I know you probably, you might have a middle schooler or high schooler, or you've got somebody in your life in that age range that you love or care about. And so I just do ministry for a while, but I love asking Steve these questions. But hey, what are some ways as people are about to have more time with their kids as they're outside of school? And you hear a lot of people like, well, uh, my baby, my kids want to talk to me about stuff or ask some questions. They just say, uh, what are some ways that you would engage with like a middle school or a high school, maybe even young adult age kid as you got a little more time um, in yeah. this in this season? Yeah, that's a great question. And let me just give you a quick disclaimer. I'm far from an expert. However, uh, being in student ministry for working on my second decade now, I have watched parents do this well, and I watched some of us bond them. And so the thing that I would encourage, I'm just going to give you two, two very simple, first a thought and then an action step you can take. So you're dealing with a preteen to a teenager, you know, I would say up to 17, 18 years old. And the, the reality is that just like any adult, the connection is something that has to be done two ways, right? And so oftentimes as parents, we tend to respond and demand connection rather than considering where they're at. So here's what I would challenge any parent to do. You often think of connection in the way of fitting into your shoebox, the, the, the place you want it, right? Consider connecting with your child in the place where they find it. So an example, if your teenage boy, your son, is a gamer, I know we love video games, don't we? If they play video games, rather than persecuting, and maybe you've already have a history of that, we can talk about that another day, but rather than persecuting the video game, ask them what it is they enjoy about it. Now, I know your desire. You want them to come to the prayer meeting with you. I get it. You want them to go to the worship meeting with you. But why not set the example and meet them where they're at? Mm. Ask them, hey, what is it about this video game you enjoy? And if you have multiple children, give them a heads up. You know, oftentimes as parents, we just put it on like, hey, by the way, in an hour, we're going to go do this. We're going to Dollywood. We're going to go to this place or that place. Give them a little bit of a heads up. Challenge them to think about it. Say, hey, I would love for you to come up with two things that you would enjoy doing with me. Um, and then whatever it is, even if it's silly, Zach, if they want to have a mm -hmm. dance off with you, if River wants to have a dance off, he do it. You wouldn't have a chance. Well, you should at least consider it. The second thing that I would that I would give parents is, um, you know, oftentimes, again, as parents, we we positionally in the life, and it's true, God has uh, you know commissioned us and called us to lead our children. Um, but we have a tendency to inject information without listening and hearing our child, right? And so oftentimes when your child doesn't want to connect with you or they're dismissive, they're actually telling you something, mm -hmm. right? So you say, hey, how was your school day? Or what are you excited about Christmas break? Nothing. Sleeping in. They might be telling you something in between there. So, so press in. Share with them things you're excited about the holidays, or when things that you remember as a teenager, like, hey, I love being able to sleep in until 9 a.m. Because I'm sure Zach was a guy who woke up at 9 a.m. even on Christmas breaks. <laughs> yeah, you're paralyzed. But those are two things that I would say, meet your child where they're at. 
-hmm. Instead of demanding that they meet you where you're at, yeah. meet them where they're at during hot weeks. So yeah. As I was thinking about that, you really the only thing I would add, just thinking back to connect with students when I got to do it more consistently, was whenever you would listen, not waiting for your turn to talk. Mm -hmm. By and large, if you're an adult and you're talking to a student, you know more. That's right. And But unfortunately, a lot of times that manifests with, even if we ask a question, we're just waiting. We're just waiting. And I, I think that they, by and large, they know you're waiting. Yeah. Just waiting. You may not even be looking at them. Uh, but just whenever you're talking to them, spending time with them, asking questions. Like, again, you reference asking questions. But not just waiting on your turn to talk, but listening. And then how I, because sometimes I don't do that naturally. So what I'll do is I'm listening and I want to grab another question directly from what they had said. That's right. And so, but yeah, so that's, that's good. But we'll, we'll talk more about families. Yeah. Go, going forward. And Rach, uh, this, this is obviously, this is not the case for any of us. No, I'm just joking. But being around family, what do we do if we're connecting with challenging family members in this season? Yeah, Steve, what are you doing connecting oh, with? It's so good. Well, we're going to blame, we're going to put it right on Steve. <laughs> I just, well, for us, we do a lot of really just trying to, just like you were talking about, Steve, where are people going to have connection yeah. for the sake of connection? Yeah. So it's not our job to dictate the way someone lives their life. If we want people to experience transformation, that's God's job. My job is to meet them where they are and love them where they are and operate in a grace for that. And um, but so, that but that takes that takes preparation. Oh, so and and honestly, I just not until the last few years have I been even really good at practicing that. It's so hard because you have to slow down so much because when you have family, you know where everybody came from. That's right. And if you're operating a certain way, you just expect that they should just operate the same way. But even if you came from the same family, you didn't all have the same experience. Yeah. You, have so, you have such a little grace for those people. You really do. There's And so really praying, asking the Lord for a spirit of humility and for compassion for where people are. I would love to hear, you know, Steve, you said, hey, I've come from generations yeah. of dysfunction. And uh, and I don't know, not, is everybody in your family know Jesus? Nope, not no, not at all. So... When you go and spend time with you, not just the holidays, but like when you go up and visit, what are some ways that you're able to connect and show those people you love them? That's a good question. So a little bit of context. Um, when I first got married a, a few years back, um, Marcy, my beautiful bride, she grew up an only child with a single mother. And so our family dynamic uh, in, in the totality of dysfunction, we, we insulted each other in love, right? We would use insults as a form of expression of love. And I'll never forget the first Christmas Marcy spent with us, super dysfunctional. She literally left crying saying, I don't want to go back. How, how do you all do that? How do you live like that? And at that moment, and, and I, I was already aware of what God was doing in my life. I was, I, I was not, conf she confronted me with that reality that it was super dysfunctional still. And so understanding that and, and the nuance of wherever you are in the relationship, if you're married, if you're single, if you're a teen, if you're a young adult, whatever it might be, um, the thing that I would say is that I would just really um, add on to what you already said, Zach, and it's, it's extending grace, right, in those moments, right? So it's being patient and it's literally thinking about the words that come out of your mouth 
before you do it. And understanding and having the, the wherewithal to know that I'm emotional or I'm functioning out of an emotion right now, right? So I'll give you one more example. This computer right now is Zach Stevens' computer, Pastor Zach Stevens' computer. It has a wealth of knowledge and preference that you have programmed since you've owned it. Before you had it though, the factory had a, had, had a de default setting, right? Okay. And so if that computer was given to somebody else, we could reset it to the default setting. We need to be aware of that in ourselves, especially when we step into our family dynamic, that we have a default setting. And so if I'm not aware, if I don't have preparation, if I won't give myself that, that uh, recognition or that wherewithal to say, hey, I'm going into a toxic environment or something that's not healthy for me, then potentially those old behaviors can come back. And here's the reality. At the end of the day, unless you're married or and or have children, you're allowed to time out. You're allowed to remove yourself from the situation because you are an adult. And if you're not an adult, as a teenager, there's a respectful way to time yourself out in a family event or whatever it might be if it starts to become dysfunctional. Yeah. You know, I was uh, reading something because I think this is pretty powerful is you have people that are coming into your home that don't know Jesus yeah. and may be uncomfortable with, I mean, the things that we consider holy, they yeah. don't consider holy. And um, I was looking at this thread and it was talking through scripts to use when you go to someone else's house. Oh, that's good. That, hey, I these things are... I don't honor these things or these, hey, these are the things we're going to participate in. These are the things we aren't going to participate in. Um, Zach, you always do a good job of just like hearing people. When, how do you create a space for people to tell you, hey, I don't want to participate in that in your house. So like we do some things like, like we read the Christmas story. It's like if we're going to host Christmas or we're going to, and we're going to do some, some spiritual things that um, really honor the Lord. What happens to those people who don't want to participate in that? Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great question. Now, I want to say something before I answer it. And th this is hard. And this will let you know uh, we operate a little bit odd sometimes. But when we're going somewhere, because this is an easier example, when we're going somewhere, we stop and think about the people who are in there. Now, mm -hmm. it's human nature. Think about yourself. It's right. human nature. Be like, because, or... Let's just say you're late, or let's just say somebody mm -hmm. there's already annoyed you, or they bothered you last time, or this, or that. You bother me all the time. You, <laughs> and why do I But it's so easy to get so caught up in what else is happening to you. And even when I thought about this question, something my dad taught me, he, he said a, a million times, it's not about me. Good. And so when we're on our way somewhere, and hey, let me tell you, if you're a person, if you're somebody's person, if you're a husband or if you're a wife or you're in a relationship, it's so easy to divorce yourself from their family issues and just go there and just fold your hand and look on fold your hands and look on your phone and bide your time. That is not being a partner. That's not being engaged. That's right. So when Rach and I are on the way, if I think if I sense tension, I'm gonna say, hey, what are you thinking about? Hey, what what what, what are we gonna do? That, that, that's what I'll ask you. What are we gonna do while we're here? Yeah. What matters most? And so that that's huge. Now you talk about changing the game. If you walk in as a, I'm going to say it, if you walk in as a victim, that means you're somebody just walking in, whatever happens, happens. That's what a victim thinks. Yeah. Or you think about Romans 8, 
you think about your identity, you walk in as a victor or you walk in as somebody who has thought about it. As a man or woman God, you prayed about it, you thought about it, I'm going to love this person. Whenever they say the off, and I, I can say it because we're past it, but my sister used to joke that we didn't have real jobs because we worked at church. Mm, it, drove, it, it made me so <laughs> mad. It made me mad that Steve even said that. And mm-hmm. I'm going to discipline him later. No, I'm joking. But it would so bother me. So I would have to prepare my heart beforehand that when she said that, I wasn't going to let it bother me. I was going to love her. It, I, I wasn't going to let it impact my day. But it took some pre-thought for that. Maybe you're good enough emotionally to not, but it just seems like our families can impact us that way. So going back to Rachel's original question, how do we make a safe place for people? Well, there's things I call there, there's problems or, and, or problems to solve and there's facts of life. We're going to do the Christmas story, fact of life. We're doing it, fact of life. We're going around and having everybody share their favorite thing about Jesus whenever somebody in our family who may be absolutely opposed to Jesus, we may not do that part. Because just them hearing the Christmas story and and seeing it, that was worth it. Well, making a compromise. So saying, hey, these are the things, just being upfront. Hey, I know that you don't agree with us and we love you. We want you to be a part of our Christmas experience. These are the things that we're doing. Are you comfortable like being in our space with these things? And, and most people are, but again, it just takes they them. They know who you are. They do, but it takes them in to stop and think about them. Mm-hmm. We just don't do that. We just think about ourselves. Yeah. And maybe y'all don't. I do. You just think about yourself. And, and again, what, what you want out of it, what, what how you would like for it to happen. But somebody has to think about other people. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to. And it has to be the people who have an eternal purpose, right? And so you really want to flourish in your purpose this December when you're on your family. You think about them. How's it going to impact them? And if you really want to make an impact, you think about, hey, what would I like to do in each person's life? Mm-hmm. What do I want to do in my mom's life today? My dad's life, my brother, and my sister. And what how do can I, I serve them? What do I want to do? I think, Rich and Zach, I think that right there is the answer, right? I think that's the approach. It's the it's the it's the Christ-like service, right? It's that humility of serving them, right? So it's not subjecting our family, our core family, family to changing our traditions. But it's serving them in there, right? So it's maybe bringing them a plate of food, bringing them a drink, being attentive to their work week, whatever it might be. They might not be interested or engaged in the Christmas story. And and rather than trying to win their heart into that by, you know, overemphasizing the story, it can often be that we win their heart to it by serving them. Mm -hmm. So stepping into that experience, hey, how can I serve? And here's another thing. If you're an aunt or an uncle, an older brother, older sister, you have an opportunity to set an example. You know what I mean? You think about the younger people that are in the family, they're, they're watching everything. Teenagers, uh, preteens, little children, they're watching everyone and everything. Yeah. And I want my sons to see that we serve family who might disagree with us, who might not believe what we believe. We meet them by serving them. Right. right? We don't try to force our opinion on them. We serve them. We're not going to change what we believe. Yeah, we don't we're back, serve them. We don't back off those facts a lot. Amen. You know, it's good. Hey, one more question, and then we'll wrap up because we've got another great one for next week. But how do we walk in forgiveness in the holidays? Mm-hmm. We we feel like maybe the people who wrong us most are our families, which is not true. The person who's wronged us most is us. So you know, but after that, maybe it feels like a family, a family member, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, or something like that. And so, how do you guys deal with walking in forgiveness during the holidays? 
I heard something amazing that I think is super powerful. If you met Jesus, who walked the earth forgiving sin, he had complete and total power to forgive sin. You're filled with the Holy Spirit and the same power is in you. So whether somebody deserves it or not, you have all power and authority to forgive a person. So that has radically shifted. I heard this a couple weeks ago. It's radically shifted how I feel when someone wrongs me. I still feel and experience the hurt or whatever is attached to it, but I, I'm like, gosh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I have the power within me. Like literally, I that same power to look at that person and love them and forgive them. And I think if um, we just shifted our perspective to Hamid a love and forgive the way Jesus did the adulterous woman yeah. who did not deserve it, who was being um, chastised and abused. And if I just love that person, forgive them for whatever they did to me. And, and that just speaks volumes. It removes the spirit of the Pharisee that's trying to come into the room with you when you're trying to interface with somebody. That's good. That's good. I'll tell you, without going off on a long tangent and story, there was a season of my life where forgiveness was was really tough. You know, yeah. there, the Lord taught us how to pray in that part where he says, forgive uh, our sins as we forgive those. I struggled with that. There was a time where I would, when re- repeating that prayer, that I would have to pause and really consider because I take the word of God so, so powerful, so deeply. And um, I didn't believe that I could forgive my dad that way. You know what I mean? The, the abuse that I suffered, the physical, the emotional all the things that came with it. Um, but I'll tell you that the thing that I found peace in, right, was the hope of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so when I showed up, when we were showing up to the holidays or whatever it might be, and that man, and I could see him, what I started to see, God started to transform when I, when I would see my earthly dad, I could see him as a child. Mm-hmm. And I could see him being hurt by someone. And that made me not only experience or desire forgiveness for him, but also want it for him in his own life, Mm -hmm. that he could forgive others. And it really helped me bridge that gap. And then like you said, Zach, the number one offender is self, Mm -hmm. right? And so oftentimes, if you're struggling with forgiveness, more than likely, it's because you're not forgiving yourself for something as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's just another thing to reflect over the holidays, right? The, The whole point of the Messiah, of Jesus being born in the manger was that we would experience that forgiveness, that we could be made whole by the Father. And like, how how can we not celebrate forgiveness in this season? Yeah. So that's what I would add to it. That's so good. good. And as I was thinking about it, the the verse Colossians 3.13 came up, which y'all represent. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I just love how, well, I hate how the enemy tries to totally twist the word. So bear with one another and forgive one another. We don't want to do either of those things. Right? We want as much distance and we want as much, we wouldn't say this, but in not forgiving them, we receive bitterness instead. And so it's very clear with that last part, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And what comes to mind is, you know, in this Christmas season, we celebrate Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the people desperately need God to be with them. Um, And so we celebrate this this season where God, where Jesus came and was God with us. But so often going off what Rachel said, if the Holy Spirit's in us, now with somebody who's far from God, somebody who hasn't, who, who has heard us, Emmanuel, God with them, looks like you reflecting God to them. 
And so whenever they experience Emmanuel, when they all feel him, whenever they will experience him, whenever they will, they will receive a love from him, it'll be from your forgiveness. And so I want you to think about that. You get a part to play in Emmanuel. So God with us, you know. And so, uh, and something else I just want to tell you, and then we're, we're going to wrap up. And my word for the year, which has been amazing, mm-hmm. is anointed. And as I went through the word, as I went through the Bible this year, one of the things that really stuck out to me, it's on a sticky note, I pray for it every day, but anointed people forgive. And so if you want to walk anointed, you want to, you want to live anointed, and you want to practice Christianity, relationship with God, anointed, that means powerfully, that means in full intimacy with Him, that means... That means you're walking, uh, filled with the Spirit like God has called you to, then you forgive. We see Moses do it whenever they would constantly walk away and, and trash, and he and Aaron would fall down on their faces asking God to forgive them. That's right. You yeah. see Jesus do it. Forgive them for they know not what they do. I think they knew. It, again, even me, I'm like, they knew what they were doing. That's right. But, Je- yeah. but Jesus said, Father, they don't know what they're doing. They don't get it. They don't get it. Wow. Yeah. That's how Christians have to live. And then Stephen said the same thing. Stephen, when he was being stoned to death, That's right. he said, forgive him. And so I'm telling you, if you want to live anointed, you want to live free, you want to live by your purpose, it's a life of forgiveness. Absolutely. What an amazing way to start 2023. What an amazing way. And you think about, if you're really grateful for the purpose that God gave you, the salvation that God gave you, you think, oh my gosh, what can I do for you, Jesus? It would be walking your purpose this Christmas season, walking in forgiveness, and again, take hold of that, what, what we said there at the end, is that there's going to be some people, one person, a hundred people, that Emmanuel for them in this season looks like them experiencing Jesus when they're with you. Because where 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 you are, the Holy Spirit is, Absolutely. and that's, that's God. Mm-hmm. And so we love you so much. We want you to walk in your purpose uh, this December, this Christmas season. Let's honor God. I walk in our purpose so that we can win our world. We love you. We'll see you next week. Cut. Cut.
Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel Stevens, and I'm here with my husband, Zach. Zach. Nice. (laughs) Our um, acquaintance, because you've been demoted, (laughs) Pastor Steve Kerr. And we Mm. are here uh, just to help you walk in your purpose, which we believe is to win the world. We are really grateful that you've chosen to take time to invest in yourself today and to maybe learn something new, but to really just think on some amazing things this holiday season. This is going to be a really special time together. Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you can tell there's a real vibe yes. at the table. Real vibe it's intense. at the table. This is intense. Yeah, Listen, yeah. the world needs to know what we're talking about yeah, today. And, Ra- and Rachel's in a real, me and Pastor Steve obviously are normal, but you know how Rachel gets on mm-hmm. these podcasts. Sometimes. So let's talk about Christmas. Christmas. Um, I didn't have a song <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I just, there's so many Christmas songs and I just sang Christmas, Christmas. like nothing. <laughs> It's oh, like it's the so what's good. up? Da, 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 da. Anyway, okay, moving on. What are you doing? <laughs> There's a song. The one from New Girl. <laughs> yeah, and you can't think of any of it. I can't think of any Me of neither. it. Me neither. Okay, uh, too hard. Hey, let's talk about okay. your most epic Christmas fail. Mm. Epic Christmas fail. Mm. I I think I should go last because I've just got a. I I've got a good one. Let me do Zach's. What? Not that one, but I have one. It's our most epic Wait Christmas fail, yeah, but really it's just multiples. throwing Zach under yeah, the well, bus. Every we're year not, there's a new one. Yeah, we're not Zach's doing one about Zach. Zach's first year as a student pastor mm. oh, gosh. was memorable. I stand, I stand by this. We, there were some things that were grateful for forgiveness. Mm. And um, one Christmas season, Zach was teaching and the he word of the Lord. mentioned mm. in passing that Santa Claus was not alive. I and said he wasn't real. He Even. said he wasn't real. And um, people in the room did not know that. Gasped. They were Couldn't like, believe it. what? How dare you? There happened to be some like, what were they, in fourth grade? Yeah, there were some young people in there. That were and like so, sitting in the back. There's some people who are going to be listening to the podcast who were <laughs> you know in who there. You know who you are. Did we give a disclaimer So before? Like, what if... Little Timmy's listening oh, right no. now. Hey, if so your kids sorry, listening, Timmy. we're going to say, that, hey, we're just joking, Timmy. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, so right. well, here's what happened. I said that, and then my campus pastor, my, my boss, is, is give me the business after the sermon, and I think he's joking. So I'm laughing in his face. Oh, and then no, I look exactly. past him. <laughs> I look past him because he... You can tell like he doesn't fully mean it like he but but he's he's mad at me. Mm-hmm. I, it was it was it was hard to read. So I'm laughing mm-hmm. at him. And I look past him and there's Jason Hines, who's one of Jason Lee Hines, who's some of, some of our best friends. Jason still believed in Santa Claus. <laughs> well, his oh da- my word. His daughter's in the years room. Later, we're still oh. friends. His daughter's in the room and mm-hmm. she was in like third grade or something like that. Well, that's when she found out that Santa wasn't real. When you and told so, her. When I told her. <laughs> from stage. From stage. At students. At students. You are a and heathen. So yeah, it, it was it was not we good. We questioned you, the Zach's Zach salvation. that stole Christmas. The Zach that stole Christmas. Do you that's have a Christmas hilarious. fail? I have several. Give us one. Your most oh, epic. Okay, uh, most epic that I'm willing to share. Uh, well, I my first attempt at okay. dressing up like Santa Claus. Um, so at, there's been multiple of those. Sir, uh, at the um, church, right? You know, student pastor, kind of like yourself, right? Uh, except I figured, hey, Santa's obviously real, and I'm, I'm going all in as a stunt double. Unfortunately... The notion of trying the suit on before walking out on the stage did not cross my mind. So as uh. I walked out, I tripped and fell. And it wasn't just nice. like a stumble fall. It was I fell off the stage. No. And so the recovery took about 20 minutes. 
Oh, and no. it, it literally cost me like 10 years later for people to re- stop reminding me of that. Amazing. And it hurt. Amazing. Oh, did it you hurt. Fall, like when you fell, did you catch yourself? Or oh, was no. it just like no, your no. face to the ground? Oh, no. <laughs> like a full two-year-old fall. I'm good at a lot of things. I am not an athlete. And so balance, coordination, phones dropping at the worst possible uh-huh. time. That's me. Oh, and so, gosh. no, it was you heard the whole thing. I was mic'd up. You heard the, uh, oh, <laughs> you know, the whole thing. Um, no potty language. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. Amazing. But it, it hurt. It cost something. So there's one. I could keep going, but we'll leave it amazing. That. Well, Can you make those noises? I don't <laughs> no. remember. This is like two years ago, the, the onesie. I think it's three. This Christmas so would be three my, years. So my mom is, she's like an, a Christmas extraordinaire. So uh, she makes these stockings for everybody, and she piles a stocking full of stuff. Yeah, and it's then not a stocking. There's it's stuff a pile. around. This is just a pile of stuff, right? Well, she likes to get me and my brother Micah, she likes to get, give us onesies, like goofy onesies. Well, I, me and Mike are looking at our onesies, and you know, like those old T-shirts of like wolves. Yeah. Well, mine is <laughs> no. like a big wolf's face, oh, and I'm wow. oh, it, it looks so like goofy. I can't wait, but it's it, it's supposed to be for real, but it's gonna be goofy. Well, I start to open it, and it's, she got it from some like, like an Instagram ad, yeah, but some <laughs> back like backdoor <laughs> Chinese website. Yes. And so it is a it's a it's a China large, and so <laughs> I realize I've Which taken is an American yeah. media. Well, I've taken it. my sweatpants off and my shirt. I'm in my yes. undies in in the living room putting this on, and I realize when I'm pulling it up my legs that this is something something's askew. Oh no! And because I'm pulling it up and I'm out of stuff to pull up, and it's coming up my calves. So yeah, yes. so I wear this thing the whole time. It's it's rip wow. it's ripping around me, but um, awesome. Rachel, awesome. you were there for that. Oh, I was she there was, for She that. remembers you, it fondly. You were married? Yes. Oh, very married. Oh, yeah. Okay. Very married. At that point, you started to question. She started to think, yes. I said, She texted me I and said, this. wear it later. Wow. And we'll move on. All right, all right. So another question that people have, and you may think it's a joke, you may think it's for realsies, but let's talk about it. How do we feel about Santa Claus mm. and Elf on the Shelf? Is that sacrilegious? How do we view that? Rachel, why don't you start us out? I have some strong opinions. Strong opinions. Let's keep mm. it brief. Let's not soapbox mm. this. I'm not saying no, don't ahead. explain it, but we only have so long. Okay. Well, I am great with Elf on the Shelf. It's fun. It's awesome. And our Elf doesn't do a ton of terrible things, but... It's really fun. And sometimes I forget and I just tell our kids. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, the elf must have slept in today. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I do Or she'll ask me to go distract the kid. (laughs) That's Uh the thing I do. I'm like, go keep the kids until I can make our elf do something. Wait, hold on. Zach, you don't pose the elf? Sometimes. When Rachel tells you to. (laughs) (laughs) So you do what she tells you to. Yes. It's fair. And sometimes like they come up with ideas that they think our elf should do. Oh, yeah. And so it's very like... Not, it's not like, hey, the elf is this big secret. It's not like a big secret. It's just like, hey, our elf does stuff. And yeah. JL like asked Snow, me. Snowflake. Snowflake. Oh. Um, and Snowflake is just very fun. And JL is aware. She's um, she, she figured out like first grade. JL is yeah. eight. Yeah. Yeah. So her first grade Christmas, because it was our first Christmas at when we stayed at your parents that year. And she was like, hey, do you do the elf? I said, I do. Do you want to help? And then, so that was it. Like the conversation oh, was, oh, we do the elf together. This yeah. is a fun thing that we do. She's like, no, I want to see what happens tomorrow. And so we, she gets to be a part of it if she wants to. Yeah. Now, Santa. R- River is unaware. He'll probably catch River's on unaware. about 23. 
Yeah. My buddy, man. But My that's buddy. as soon as with the conversation is just, oh, I do the elf. Now, I never say like the elf has special Christmas magic or yeah. anything. I'm pretty um, particular about my so that'd language. Be from the devil, wouldn't it? Maybe. <laughs> like Harry Potter. <laughs> like Harry Potter. Oh, so it's Harry Potter. It's so weird how we do those things, isn't it? Anyway. Santa. So what do you Santa. Think about Santa. Here mm-hmm. is my feelings about Santa. I gave you your gifts. I am not giving Santa the credit mm. for my effort, energy, time. Do you know how much effort and energy and time it is to find that specific? Sometimes a present, you got to go to the store all the time to get it yeah. in person. Cause it, or if you want the sale, sometimes Target will run a sale, but you have to get it only in the store. Did wow. you know that? Yeah. And sometimes people aren't there. Did you know that? <laughs> Santa, Santa's not yeah, they, taking they, your street like, cred. No, I, it's mine. And so I, we are very honest about Santa. We love Santa. We take pictures with Santa because mm. we like to celebrate. Are like, you mean mugging Santa while the pictures are being No, taken? but I should like, start doing that. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Just giving him the dirtiest oh, love. Oh, yeah. I, but we do. like We talk about how Santa was awesome because Santa was so generous. Santa yeah. loved God. He was a real person. And... Then he <clears throat> uh, no longer is living and dead. What do you mean by he's that? He's dead. So, and our kids, our kids say, our kids Timmy, say turn away, dead. turn away. River, Timmy. River did literally say, "This is probably my most epic Christmas fail." Is he told somebody, he's like, "Oh, Santa, he's dead." Mm-hmm. And um, so they Mommy know he was dead. generous. Wow. He was generous. He saw a need. He met a need. He loved people. He he discovered his purpose. He That's won good. his world. And then he died, and we celebrate that spirit of generosity. It is at Christmas time. To yeah, tell this Christmas <laughs> that part of the Christmas story. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I just yeah. don't want him to take my credit. Yes, I don't really. I mean, people can do it, but it's a whole big charade to keep up mm. for somebody else to get all of the. Oh my gosh, what, do, you, do you guys have a family opinion yeah. around? The... Yeah, we we elf and sh- on the shelf. We do. Um, we I enjoy say elf and shelf. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I do not recall his name right now, uh, but he's, he shows up. And Does he ever get quarantined? All, he has been. <laughs> that yes. was awesome. He had the flu for three days. Yeah. It's my favorite. We may have lost him once as well. <laughs> Anyways, moving on, Rachel. Um, so we do, we like, we recently just, uh, picked up a, a little package, like a little box set where you could do like several different things with them. And I, I wanted to get it. Marcy was like, I'm not getting it. I was like, please, like, just let me get it. And she's like, fine, it's one of your Christmas presents then. Whatever, whatever the p- price I have to pay for my kids. But Elf in the Shelf, it's fun. I, I think that that kind of stuff helps foster creativity in a child's mind, right? Like right. The, the imagination aspect of it. With Santa, Rachel, very similar. We, we take the approach that, you know, Santa Claus um, was a real man who lived and because of the joy that he found in Christ, he wants to share that joy. And so we celebrate, first we celebrate Jesus. We don't celebrate Santa Claus. So Santa Claus is symbolic of the celebration of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So we articulate it in that way. And, and with the gifts, we do Santa gifts and we do parent gifts. And so Santa gifts don't get wrapped. Parent gifts get wrapped. And so they'll find some of the less... How good is Santa's gift? Less is it- costly... Less so costly. he gets like a Dollar Tree gift. Five below. Shout out Five Below. <laughs> we are not sponsored, but if you're looking to sponsor a podcast. Yeah. Um, no, that 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 is generally the way that we work. But again, we we really prioritize and emphasize that Christmas, Christmas is about celebrating Emmanuel, Christ with us, right? Yeah. So that's our approach. That's good. I am indifferent. So... Uh, hey, can I really, this is but for real, what, because there are people who, who have been disagree with, hey, indifference or... 
you know, bringing that into Christmas at all. Yeah. What do you think about that? They, they were upset that Santa would be brought in at all or Elf on the Shelf would be brought in yeah, at all. Yeah, who may say, hey, like, that's not what the season is about. It's dishonoring to the Lord. How would you, how well, would you handle that? Well, here, here's what, actually, I think it'd be great because it, it goes with my first answer to the big question for the day, which mm-hmm. is how can we celebrate Jesus in the Advent season? Because mm-hmm. there's so much. You know, you, even when you think about Advent, the first thing that comes to my mind anyway is the Advent calendars, you know, where the kids want to, they want to punch out the chocolate, you know, so, and, you know, which is a terrible, like, chocolate. how it works out, because you usually do a calendar in the morning, and they want the chocolate out of that in the morning, but either way, different different topic. But for me, actually, you, you made a joke. Uh, for me, somebody asked me literally yesterday about how we feel about Harry Potter and all that kind of stuff, all, you know, it's witchcraft, all, all that jazz. And what what I would tell you is what what we're talking about is we're talking about this really niche, small part. So you talk about like Elf on the Shelf. So Elf on the Shelf will last for three to five minutes of the day. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You talk about you talk about something like Harry Potter, which is an, a, a two hours or whatever of, I think it's 168 hours you have in a week. Or you talk about Santa Claus. And I think what we lose, it, because unfortunately Christians can be so known for what we're against mm. rather than what we're for. And again, I... I I tell you, I say all this to say, I, I really think it'd be you'd be pretty hard pressed to say, hey, biblically, this is why we shouldn't do that. But we make such a big deal, such a big deal out of Jesus in the season when these little niche fun things are had. There's no question for our kids. There's no question for our neighbors. There's no question in our heart what we're doing, like what it's about. Yeah. And so, like e- even going to the question, like. How can I celebrate Jesus in the Advent season? I would say make it fun. Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, we, and th- there's some ways that, uh, that, that I can do that. I-, I want us to talk about that a little bit. But again, whenever it comes to, hey, is it sacrilegious? Is Again, St. Nick is a, is a Christian figure. You can look it up. It's yep. historical. That's right. There's, there's no question about that. But then you talk about something like Elf on the Shelf. I mean... Again, if you get into like teaching your kid, hey, there's 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 magic to this and all that kind of stuff. Again, I, I would say it's just more weird than it is sacrilegious to be yeah. super candid with you. But again, I my my challenge to you would be making it such a big deal that we celebrate Jesus in this season. Actually, if you're gonna make me challenge you, I think that Christmas presents probably get more in the way of celebrating Ooh. Jesus than Elf on the oh, Shelf, boy. and so I would just be careful. Not, my, not the presents you give me. Obviously, not the presents right. I get you. Right. No, obviously okay. not. Right. Doesn't but like because you already bought her a present for Christmas. Well, this dude, year. I've crushed Christmas. Oh, we'll see. I've crushed. Fancy. Check us out in January. We'll see. I've okay. crushed it. Podcast it's either way. okay. Okay. So the question is, how can we celebrate Jesus in the Advent season? So, um, yeah. So making it fun would be one of my answers to that. How would you say we can celebrate Jesus in this Advent season? Uh, what always comes to my mind, and you've always done such a good job of talking about and referencing how God has asked us not to call the sacred common. Mm-hmm. So when we think so about cool. things like Elf on the Shelf and Santa, and all, it's so common. Yeah. It's it's I mean it's marketed everywhere. Hallmark everything. Uh, yeah, and it's all and, and that's great. But yeah. when you talk about Jesus and like the resurrection and communion and the Christmas story, it is so 
unique and special. There's nothing else like yeah. it. And I and I love how you're just talking about like, hey, this is such a big deal, the uniqueness of Jesus, that it is it's not common. Mm-hmm. So I think the posture in which we carry the things of Christ, even like how we talk about, you know, even Elf on the Shelf or whatever, like, hey, this is great and it's fun, but we're our hearts so long for the sacred yeah. that when we participate in the things of God, it it makes a greater impact yeah. on us, on the people around us. Yeah, and let, let me remind you, because what Rachel's saying is correct. This is sacred. It should be fun. If you look biblically, they had to pull kids off of Jesus. They That's had to right. say, hey, yep. you know, he doesn't have time for this, which Jesus rebuked them for that. Jesus was not some weird, like, sheltered, you know, holy rogue guy. He was, he was, mm-hmm. he was a blast. I remember growing up. Whenever my mamma and papaw, papaw would read the Christmas story out of Luke, and all the kids would pick a character to be. We were sheep. We were we. There's Mary, Joseph, there's shepherds. There were wise men. There were there were cows. There were stars. Like, and we're just which being, one we're using? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it depended on different seasons. There were cow seasons. There were shepherd seasons. More cow seasons. We won't talk about that. Yes. Um, but what what I will tell you is it was. Fun. Yeah. We had a good time. That's right. And so it is sacred. But just parents, can I encourage you? It, it, this is not a moment where it's like, okay, now it's time for the Christmas story. You sit there, you don't say a word, you don't ask a question. It's it's the you know, it's it's that it there this is a moment where I mean, if if we we get the opportunity to set in this season how people feel about Jesus, and Jesus was fun. Yeah. And this this moment where he shoved all of his glory into a baby, there there's time to say, can you can you imagine that? Yeah. You know, but what are some ways that you guys yeah. celebrate Jesus in this season? Yeah, no, that's great. That's a great question. And, and I just had a thought as you were um, both articulating, uh, you know, the the magic of an elf or what have you. I think that um, as as not only a, a young believer, um, but also being a dad. And helping my sons or or, or, or uh, hosting my children through the worship of God during the Advent season and Christmas, like no matter what we've ever done or they've ever watched on TV, what movie, Elf on the Shelf, whatever, when we have worshipped God together as a family, when we have sung worship songs, when we've served people, those are the things that my boys, six and eight years old, those are the things they talk about the next year, mm-hmm. right? Because they're sacred. Right, yeah. it's sacred, and so my wife is amazing. Marcy does some amazing things. Two things she does every year is one, she makes time to make a cake for Jesus yeah, with the boys. Now it. that, now that, yeah, yeah. amen. And right, and what happens is she fosters conversation with them about what it means that Christ came to Earth. Right, mm-hmm. the gift of Christ being at Earth, and she. It, so it's not just having the cake of celebration; it's also the time she invests with the boys in making the cake that they mm-hmm. get to be part of God's plan of reconciliation to the earth, right? Yeah. The other thing is that my wife, I love her, and she knows how to bake. I don't. Marcy, keep baking those chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> um, the unhealthy ones. But she makes cookies for our neighbors. Her and the boys will make cookies yeah. for the neighbors every year, and then she will take the boys, and they will take them to the neighbors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think how amazing is that, that they get to see in a very practical way of sharing joy yeah. with a neighbor, sharing joy with somebody else at, during that season. So. That's, yeah. that's two ways we do it. Yeah, I love that. Is there anything else you want to add to that, how well, we I, celebrate them? Well, I just think it's it's helpful. You said, you know, you can share joy. This is literally a season where it people receive, like, from you. Amen. So if you're in a gift, like, 
give. This is this isn't one of those like, hey, it's I think Easter or seasons, like even if you're like summer or whatever, yeah. it's a little more difficult to get face to face time. But people are expecting the vast majority of them. It is the holiday season. You know, you're you're expecting Christmas cards to come in the mail. Even if people don't believe Jesus, they're still sending out Christmas cards. That's right. Um, and there's an, there is an association with this sacred thing. And so you have an opportunity to represent like the grace and the mercy so um, of God, especially with people. They don't know Jesus. Yeah. Our expectations should not be that people who don't know Jesus elevate yeah. the word of God and, and Jesus coming to earth. Like they don't know him. They don't yeah. <laughs> serve him or follow him. So this is, I love that she does that. And yeah. that's something that we like to do too, is take things and have them see us face to face. And there's a willingness, there's more of an openness to receive in the yeah. season. That's yeah. good. That's good. Really practically, because we've shared some things really practically, we will, we'll read the Christmas story. That's right. And uh, we'll do it uh, some, a lot of times we'll do it out of uh, JL's Bible. What, what kind of is that the Sarah Young's um Yeah, that or the Jesus Calling Bible, like yeah, right. right there on on their on their level. And so but we love doing that. But and now that JL can read, this year right. I think she will read the story. Yes. So she's got she's got a good flow to her now. She's yeah. starting to read really well. So I tried something last night in preparation for this podcast, uh, so that I, I could hopefully encourage you if it worked, and it worked. So usually we do Bible time at night. So we'll do the we do the kids U version deal, which is more for River and Val. They can push push stuff, and then, but also on like the adult U version. If you scroll to the bottom, there is a like a kids experience. It's really good. Uh, so that's how we do Bible time every night. Well, last night I put them on their bed uh, and I sing them there. They all have an individual song, so I sing I sing them their songs, which is crazy because Rachel, Rachel can sing. Uh, JLs is. L is the way you look at me. So what L-O-V-E. We, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's beautiful. Can we get um, just a line? Huh? A Sing line. it for it. Yeah. Uh, just start it. Here which it is. one? We go, L. L is for the way you look. And then I go through. And the reverse is, I may never march in the infantry. I'm usually pounding on him while I do that. I love it. And then it. Balor's, I'm holding Balor. And Balor's is, uh, he's got the whole world. Oh, and so we, we do all that. But I love it. Okay, either way. So last night I put them, I put the big kids in their bed and I'm holding Valor and I sang all their songs. I'm like, okay, now it's time for Bible time. And our kids are oh, no. all in the same room yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, they're all in the same room. So wow. actually, I, I didn't say it's Bible time. It's I said, intense. hey, let me tell you a story, which is different because we usually do Bible time right now. I said, let me tell you a story. Wow. And they said, okay. I said, okay, there's, there's, a, there's a young lady and then there's a young guy and they love each other. And so JL's all in. River doesn't really care. And I said, but something crazy happened. This girl gets pregnant, but they're not married yet. And so I thought JL would be catching on that this is Mary and Joseph. Yeah. But I, I didn't use names. I was on purpose, so we're talking. And then I said, but they're not married. And then JL's like, well, what happened? And I said, well, the guy, the guy was going to break up with her. Yeah. He, he was going to, I think he was going to put her away quietly. Yeah. And so, and uh, but then he goes to bed and God tells him, do not break up with her. This baby, I've caused it. Can you imagine how confusing that was for him? And so I walked through this story, not using names or anything like so that. Good, and it wasn't until probably like three or four, and I'm, I'm holding Valor, so we're being silly. Again, it's fun, yeah. but... It was obviously like the 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 U version stuff that we've done, and the, the all that stuff is better illustrated. It's got videos with it, all that kind of stuff. But JL, she's in the bunk bed, and if you're on YouTube, you can see it. But she's holding on to the edge of her bed, like looking over at me, like waiting to see what happened. 
And then you see it all come together when I said that. And then they decided, because I went, I said, then they took a trip to where uh, that guy was from. And then there wasn't any place for him to sleep. Yeah. And so e- either way, we did it. So twofold. One, mom and dad or, or, or whoever you may be in your kid's life or in your family's life, you get the opportunity to learn. The, if you can't do that, you get the opportunity to learn the story mm-hmm. in an amazing way, number one. But number two, you get the opportunity to show them in a way they've never heard. So you can even work in, like when I said, he was going to break up with her. Or I think he said he was going to put her away quietly. And then when you read in Luke, mm-hmm. they'll hear Joseph, Joseph was going to put Mary away quietly. Yeah. But it was it was... I was sitting there trying it last night just so I could talk about today. Mm-hmm. If it worked, I was going to tell you if it was a bust. Wow. But they were like super engaged with the story. Um, and so, and it can be even better. R- Rachel is a better storyteller than me. She would do even better with it, pull in more of the like, the like common language. Um, but either way, that's another way Your we River, can celebrate Jesus. He asked wow. me this morning, why do people get pregnant? <laughs> Oh, I love that. Oh. I was like, to have babies. <laughs> have babies. <laughs> that's why you get pregnant. I didn't know that that's, that's what amazing. you had done. <laughs> Man, thank you. My bad, so. team. Can I, can I just share a thought real quick based yeah. on what you just shared, Zach? And, and I want I just want to thank you for that because, you know, as a student pastor, we talk about partnering with parents to disciple their students, right? And oftentimes I think that parents and adults or whatever it might be, we, we overcomplicate discipleship, mm-hmm. right? And so that is a demonstration of discipling children Hmm. right there being intentional right and and i just want to thank you for that because sowing those seeds are the things that produce fruit later on jl river them sharing their faith with their friends and that is so amazing and if i could just offer one suggestion as we talk about christmas to parents and it says parents don't go bankrupt trying to buy love for your child okay Mm -hmm. your child we have evidence there is research there is evidence out there your child actually desires you more than they desire an iphone that's good or a video game or a trip somewhere else they really want you they want you to listen and they want you to be present and you did that zach Mm. thank you so much for doing that you Mm -hmm. guys you do that so well that's so good well we we love it and we believe in you uh we believe that god has given you a purpose And that purpose culminates in you winning your world. And so what a great time to do it. What an amazing time to be a representation of Emmanuel, God with us, with your spouse, with your kids, with your family, with your friends, with your neighbor. So we love you. Win your world this week. We'll see you next week. 